Hey everyone, my name is Ben and welcome to Behind the Bathrooms, a podcast where we talk about bathrooms, business and everything in between. Today, we have a new guest joining us who is Brian Dunlop, Quality Assurance and Compliance Manager of Navali Bathrooms. This episode, Brian and I will be talking about quality assurance and compliance in the bathroom industry and why it is critical for the build process and the entire organization. This content will be geared more towards industry listeners, but if you're a customer and you want to learn more about what your bathroom renovator should be looking out for when building your bathroom, feel free to tune in. Now, without further ado, let's start the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ben. All right, we're going to go jump in straight in for this episode with Brian. So we want to learn more about um, who you are, Brian. So can you just tell us a bit about how you got started in Novali and how you transitioned in your current role? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, Steve and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, we've known each other for oh, nearly 30 years now. Um, I left school and started out as a carpenter uh, about eight or nine years there, uh, four or five years with, um, with big builders in estimating roles. Um, and then on into um, construction of new homes, so project management, and sort of um, got a bit disheartened with the industry there and, and moved over to work with Stephen Bathrooms. So. Okay, fantastic. And for the people out there, can you explain what your role as a quality assurance and compliance manager is? Uh, yeah, sure. So my role, I suppose, on a day-to-day business is making sure that, that our team and, and our, uh, our network is delivering what we say we're going to deliver to our, to our clients. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and it's, it's actually a very crucial role because you kind of need to know every step of the process to ensure that everything is risk-free and everything is safe for everyone. 100%, yeah. And compliant with industry standards, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, um, so with this role, did you have to do any specialized training or accreditation for it? Uh, look, I suppose my background of, of project management has has made a big difference in helping, um, you know, responsible through construction of new homes for delivering to a client. Um, so that, that was a big part of my, my grounding, I suppose. Um, I've done some accreditation through Navali for uh, an internal auditor course for the ISO accreditation. Uh, so that just sort of helps me to, to be able to have the tools to, to audit the business and make sure we're delivering. Mm. And what does this course really um, help you um, kind of do for QA? Look, it, the, the course is geared around making sure I understand what the requirements of ISO are. So obviously ISO is a, is a, um, a quality assurance uh, system. Um, so it's just making sure that I, that I understand what that means and, and how to go back and check and, and audit the business, I suppose, and, and pull apart and check every aspect. Fantastic. And you had um, experience, you just said you had experience as a carpenter and estimator and in building bathrooms with Steve. Does that help in terms of your current role now? Uh, yeah, look, 100%. So, so it was really important for me to, to understand um, how the business functions, I suppose, at every level. Um, so when I first came on board with Navali, I think I spent two years almost uh, as a site manager um, and, and working in every aspect, you know, from shoveling, from shoveling rubble into buckets all the way through to, to managing warranty or client, client issues, things like that. So, Yeah, and how is it like transitioning from that to your current role now? Uh, look, there's, uh, I suppose there's days where I miss swinging a hammer, but um, I'm, I'm really sort of, you know, I suppose OCD or, or – highly compliant so I, I'm happy sitting and, and checking over the work and making sure you know it's really important for us as a business that we 
that we walk the walk, if you like, and and I'm, I suppose, a big part of making sure that happens. So. Okay. Yeah, your role is very interesting because um, from my experience when I worked in, in a company and I had a QA compliance manager, I saw them as someone that just really mapped out the process and usually would have a clipboard checking everything. So what is your day-to-day kind of like as a QA compliance manager? Uh, look, my, my day usually starts with going through the administrative functions from, from the operations part of the business from the day before. Um, so that's really, you know, we, we make promises to clients, um, you know, to maintain the transparency of, of the business in terms of how, you know, we let them know everything that's happened in a day uh, with a daily log and we, we upload photos every day. Um, so, so the first part of my day usually is going through all of that information and making sure that, you know, everything that's been promised has been delivered. Um, at the moment with, with COVID concerns, um, I'm making sure that our guys are registering everybody that turns up on site. So that's a big part of the, the day-to-day at the moment. Uh, and then usually anything that's sort of askew or, or not quite right, it's, it's dealing with the training or retraining of that person to help them get up to speed. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of, a lot of um, proactive planning and, and risk management and <laughs> mitigation. That's fantastic. So with this role, what are the main challenges that you are going through currently? Look, I'd, I'd say the biggest challenge, you know, for any QA and compliance manager is, is getting buy-in from, from personnel. You know, I suppose you sort of looked at as the police officer in, a, in, a, in some instances um, where, where your job is to sort of focus on the things that need fixed. Um, so, so getting the guys to buy in to, to understand that you're not there, you know, cracking the whip or, or coming down on them. You're just trying to help deliver the, you know, what the business has promised. So, Yeah, yeah. how is that like um, kind of getting people to buy in to these high performance standards? Does, do you have any tips to kind of help people get on track with what your mindset is like? Uh, look, I suppose the, the delivery is really important. You know, when you when you do see something that needs fixing or you do see someone that needs help, um, how you approach that situation is, is super important. You know, for us as a business, um, we look to employ the right people uh, and that's a, that's a fantastic starting point. You know, if, you, if you've got the wrong people and you're trying to get them to do things that are outside their capability or or not really something that they believe in, that, that can be a real challenge, so... Yeah, absolutely. Just like having an open mind and people that are willing to do hard work and kind of accommodate for an organization is a really important trait. And also, um, uh, I think another challenge is that your your role is really a lot about finding the weaknesses and the problems and things. And I guess a challenge would be finding positivity. So do you have any tips on how do you kind of balance the positives and the negatives in your role? Look, I think we're really fortunate here at Navali. You know, we we do... Um, we do perform at a very high level. So um, customer feedback from, from the way we deliver is always fantastic. Uh, so I think it's a case of just a really, you know, exploiting that good feedback and, and putting that out there to the whole team as much as, you know, as much as possible. Fantastic. So let's just get into QA and compliance in the bathroom renovation industry now. So Brian, could you tell us what QA and compliance is like in the industry today? Look, in, in construction, you know, compliance and, and regulations and standards are pretty strong. Um, but I think in the renovation space, we, we sort of fly under the radar quite a lot. So it tends to be quite a self-regulated part of the industry. Um, you know, we work to Australian standards and, and the construction code, the building code of Australia. Um, but for the most part, that's, you know, the responsibility of the operator to make sure that they're living up to those standards. Mm. And what is the consequence of kind of having this flying under the radar um, position? Look, I suppose um, the biggest consequence or the, the biggest 
potential for issue is that the client will suffer where, where you get a, you know, a cowboy or someone that's not so concerned with, with the compliance, um, you know, cutting corners and, and things like that to, to keep costs down. And um, what happens when, when cut corners, the corners are cut and things like what happens to the, to the end product? Look, at, at the end of the day, there, there aren't really any shortcuts. You know, you, you have to do the job properly to code and to standard. Uh, or you'll pay for it in the long run, or the customer will pay for it in the long run. So at the end of the day, um, you know, those guys out there cutting corners, I suppose you're going to pay. The cost is the cost. You're going to pay eventually. So those guys will end up with an unhappy client or warranty issues or, you know, things falling apart or, you know, the, the bathroom just won't last. Yeah. And with this kind of industry, what, what can businesses do to manage this, this regulation and self-regulation? Look, I think, um, you know... Hold, holding and employing accountable people and holding them accountable to the standards and codes um, system and process is really really important. Um, we have we have a number of stop checks you know throughout the renovation process to make sure our guys are checking their own work uh, and then we verify obviously from from over their shoulder to make sure that they're delivering properly into into code and standard. Okay. Do you follow any um, systems or frameworks for QA and compliance in the build process? Um, so we have we have some sort of self self checking. So throughout the bathroom renovation process, there's a couple of points where the guys have to stop and go through everything and check um, both on site and administratively. And then we sort of we have um, a couple of processes that we've put in place um, to sort of spot check what's going on on site. So you know, site audits midway through the process or quality control checks at, at the completion of a renovation. Mm. And do you have any kind of, do you use any software or any tools in particular or is it just kind of just checklists? Uh, look, the checklist, we're using a lot of e-forms um, and that helps us just to keep records of those checks. Um, and then we have some, you know, some um, scripted sort of feedback calls to clients and things like that. So everything's recorded. Uh, just for reporting purposes, uh, and then obviously our logistics software build a trend that we use on a day to day basis. That um, that helps a lot with with it being able to maintain and monitor and, and manage. Right, and um, as a QA compliance manager, you really need to be up to date with regulations. So, for the people out there, what are the major regulatory bodies um, new businesses should be looking out for? Uh, look, we we maintain membership with the Master Builders Association for the business, um, and that sort of helps keep us with with regular updates on on changes to standards and codes and guidelines and things like that. Um, you know, mostly the, the the construction industry is regulated by the Department of Fair Trading, uh, which tends to be client instigated. So, you know, we we try to stay on top of industry bodies like um, HIA or MBA. That they're a real good starting point. Mm. And then you can just pretty much go on their website or um, just documentation to just see new regulations and see what to go out for. Yeah, so they have like a notification system with with emails. So they they have um, newsletters and things like that. And then of of course you can visit their website or, or go to meetings and things like that too. So mm, mm. so um, so with the MBA memberships and stuff, you just with. Is that how you kind of keep up with these new regulations? Uh, is the Master Builders um, Association membership, is that mandatory for people? Look, it's not, it's not mandatory, um, but I, it, it would be highly recommended. Uh, it, it would probably be difficult. You know, you'll, you'll have a subscription to the standards or Australian standards that are relevant to your trade, um, but typically that, um, that's not going to keep you across what's going on in the whole industry. Okay. 
So moving on to Navali, um, what is QA and compliance like in Navali, and why do you guys have extra standards than what is expected in the industry? For example, ISO accreditation. Uh, look, we, we want to. The, the ISO accreditation for us was more about um, ensuring that we have a system that lives up to that standard, um, because we understand that that systemizing and, and adding process to the business is what's going to ensure we can consistently deliver a good product. Um, so. I suppose QA and compliance, you know, we want to make sure that we build a product that's going to withstand the test of time um, and, and we know that keeping an eye on how we deliver it on a daily basis is what's going to help us do that. Mm. And has Navali always had this emphasis on quality from the start or was it just something that appeared over time? Uh, I think the business has been built on the back of, of customer service. You know, we're a customer-centric and, and focused business. Um, so, so that compliance is, is going to fall in line. You know, it's a necessary part of being able to deliver like that. Mm. And, and how has um, all these extra standards and high performance, how has that impacted Navali in terms of um, just running operations and just the end product of a bathroom innovation? Uh, look, I, I don't think it's easy to, to hold yourself to that standard. Um, but I think, you know, in, in terms of job satisfaction and making sure you've got a happy client, uh, it, it's absolutely necessary. Um, if you want to consistently get good feedback from clients and produce happy clients and build a referral base and all those sorts of things, uh, then you have to hold yourself to that high standard. Mm. And your role actually, you interact a lot with the customer. So is it, um, are they expecting like QA and compliance within the process? Is that something they already know or is it something you kind of have to communicate to them? Uh, look, I, I would say that we exceed the expectations of our customers almost at every turn. So uh, it, it's not something they're expecting um, from, a, from a small business. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that people expect to see with, with big multinational corporations or, or big companies. Um, so I, I don't think they are expecting to see someone turn up and, and do a site audit or, you know, receive a phone call from head office making sure that they're happy and everything's going well. Now, I don't think that the customers out there generally are expecting it. Um, they're typically pretty blown away when it happens. Yeah, so it's definitely um, improved and benefited the customer experience from their side? 100%, yeah. So let's move on to the build process. Can you kind of run through what QA and compliance is in, in a bathroom build? Uh, yeah, so look, you know, our, our guys are, are operating to a system, um, you know, with a series of, of daily tasks and things like that that help them know what's coming up and what's happening next. Uh, so I suppose the QA and compliance role is, you know, hugely responsible for maintaining that system, uh, helping to build the system and maintain it, obviously, uh, and then I guess enforcing it on a day-to-day basis. So making sure the guys are, uh, you know, ticking the boxes, but but obviously carrying through and, and fulfilling those activities as they're required when they're required. And are you looking out for any particular risks during a bathroom build? Uh, look, the. The primary risks, I suppose, you know, we, we've put the stop checks in place at the right times to sort of minimise minimize the risk and the system is built around risk mitigation. Um, you know, Steve, our fearless leader, is, is probably the world champion of risk mitigation. So um, the process is, is built around that. That's a huge part of it. Yeah, and because of these processes over time, just there's no real big hiccups that happen that isn't really mitigated early on and... Uh, look, I would say typically when we, you know, the hiccups and hurdles that we do run into are, are usually unforeseen or outside of our control. 
Um, typically, it, it's unusual that we run into a situation, you know, of our own architecture that, that causes us big problems or big headaches. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, would you have any cases where QA and compliance has kind of prevented potential serious implications in the build process? Look, I would say undoubtedly the system has has stopped delays or cost factors or, you know, or problems. Um, it would be with 100% certainty, you know, where we're processed out to the point where our guys know that they need to go four days earlier and pick up the product or pick up the the parts so that they've got them there three days earlier so that if there's a problem they've got two days to fix it um the the system is entirely built around that risk mitigation um and i'd I'd be absolutely certain that it's stopping small problems on a daily basis uh and and big problems you know whenever they would come up um for the most part i'd say we're we're in a position to to avoid, you know, a, a delay or a cost implication based on based on the strength of the system. Mm. And um, you just touched on an interesting point regarding just team members and job satisfaction before. Um, how do you kind of convince them or how do you, got, do you do an induction for new team members to kind of teach them about the importance of quality assurance and compliance and how they can um, help you out and help the organisation out by being QA and compliant? Yeah, look, so every, I guess every new team member goes through a fairly strict um, recruitment process and then the onboarding after that is is also pretty strict. Um, our, our training is sort of, uh, look, it, it's long term um, but we try to put a new guy in with, with, our, with our best operator uh, for as long as we possibly can before we put them out on their own. And then the extended network, so all our subbies and suppliers go through the same sort of, you know, induction process in terms of, um, you know, giving us an opportunity to set the expectation really early um, so, that, so that everybody knows where they stand. And then I guess just holding them accountable to it mm. as, as they operate. And just because of this and just that the whole organisation has quality assurance processes it just kind of the benefits flow onto them as well in terms of job satisfaction that everything for them is is relatively easier and more predictable of what they what their workload's going to be like yeah look i suppose that that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the buy in um, it, it doesn't take long for them to start to see the results of of all the little things that they do um, you know those guys purely in construction roles where they're dealing every day with a happy client oftentimes coming from from jobs where they weren't um, the guys in sales roles, you know, being able to to use, you know, show a client what we do, not tell them what we do, um, and, and you know, win jobs and referral jobs and repeat business and all those things. So the results kind of the, the job satisfaction is is huge. Mm. And now we're going to move on to business licensing and insurance. So what are some of what are some licenses and accreditations that businesses need to get that are usually overlooked? Uh, look, so, so the first thing in, in our industry is a, is a bathroom renovation license. Um, we, we vet and check all our trades are, are licensed where required, that they have all the, the appropriate qualifications. Um, there's industry requirements, sort of standard industry requirements, such as a white card, uh, which is basically just a general construction industry uh, induction. Um, this, and then there's, you know, you move into sort of insurances and things like that that cover off public liability and workers' compensation, personal income and injury, you know, those sorts of things. Mm, mm. And then um, I think Steve was talking earlier in a previous episode that if there's a workplace accident and the business is not licensed or insured, they can be liable for severe problems. 
Yeah, look, I, I guess that's where you get into, you know, criminal negligence, I suppose. If, if you haven't, um, and ignorance is not an excuse, if you aren't insured or licensed and, and you have all the appropriate protection in place and there is an issue or a big problem, then, then it becomes a criminal problem and it's potentially jail or huge fines, things like that. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess another good case study is, is that when you're hiring a new person, whether they are an employee or a subcontractor, I think that's a really big issue of distinguishing between the two. So maybe you can help the listeners out there. Um, how would you distinguish between an employee working for you or a subcontractor? Look, I think firstly, it's important that everybody's held to the same high standard uh, and the accountability is there regardless of, of how they're employed uh, and the recruitment process is important. So employing accountable, you know, honest people with integrity, um, that, that's going to go a long way to helping you. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a trap that people can fall into looking at a subcontractor for a, for a particular role for their business because it, it doesn't carry as much risk for them in terms of um, commitment to paying a weekly salary or wage. Um, but I guess, you know, we've learned, I suppose, over time that it's important to, um, to ensure that the people that are in key roles for your business that can have a big impact on, on the success of your business, that they're, in, that they're in long-term, you know, salary roles. Mm. Um, that just, I, mean, I think that just gives you, um, you know, I suppose from our experience, and Steve would back me up, it's, it's guys that are out there that aren't making money decisions uh, they're making decisions based on what's in the best interest of the business because they're not paying the bill for that decision. So, you know, that, that helps us a great deal. Yeah, and it really depends on which role um, you're, you're really hiring for, whether it's a customer management role or a site role. It would, be, you would, would you recommend an employee or a subcontractor for that? Um, so we basically have a site manager who's, who's an employee on a salary. Uh, he's managing our site and then I would say we extend some of the labor requirements out to subcontractors. So specifically things that require a particular license, like your, your electricians and plumbers and things like that. Uh, and then some of our trades are, you know, the things that we aren't needing to do on a daily basis. Uh, so things like demolition, we might sub out that type of work as well. Um, yeah. Mm, fantastic. And um, QA and compliance actually doesn't just, um, it doesn't really pertain only to the build process, but just the entire organization. I think you were talking about sales and other functions as well. How, can you just kind of enlighten us on how QA and compliance kind of affects those roles as well? Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the processes and systems that, that we use in the business aren't sort of specific to uh, an operations role. Um, they extend both ways through through pre-construction uh, and into and into post post-construction or after-sales service. Um, so, so we hold ourselves to the same high standard in, in every aspect of the business with how we deal with our clients, how we deal with our subcontractors, how we deal with our suppliers. Um, and, and those same checks and balances exist in, in those other areas of the business. So, you know, we report on every aspect of the business, um, not just finances. We're looking at performance um, in every role across every area. So... Mm. And does ISO accreditation also affect that part of the business as well? Yeah, look, the, the ISO accreditation will pull down and, and look at the business as a whole. So even um, even sort of long-term planning and, and f- regular management meetings and things like that are part of the ISO accreditation. Mm. And I guess when we're looking at just your general workload, what is your workload like during just busy periods and managing multiple projects? 
Look, I think it's the same with with every role. You know, you look at you look at um, where you need to prioritise. So um, we're a business that's that's constantly evolving and changing, um, and and some of those some of those types of projects might might uh, need to take a back seat to making sure that we're still delivering on a daily basis. So that's that's always the priority. It's always the customer, and making sure they receive the best possible service. Mm. And um, for the new businesses out there that um, that are really not as familiar with QA and compliance as other people, do you have any tips for these people that want to pick that up and add that to their business? Look, I, I don't think um, the aspects, the important aspects of QA and compliance are complex or tricky. You know, I think it's about honesty and integrity and accountability. So, so setting, a, setting a high standard for yourself and, and living up to it. Uh, I, I think that's a great starting point for someone that's you know starting out on this journey, mm. and pretty much just setting just standards that people can you can pass on to other people that can replicate as well, and communicating that why it's important and and things like that, right? Yeah, look, you know, building building in system and process early, yeah, you know, is the key to being able to to replicate those results, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Being proactive than reactive. Yeah. So. Um, um, do you have any final words before we head off, Brian? Uh, look, I, um, I guess, you know, the, the, the thing I like most about working here, I left my previous role because I was, I was dissatisfied or, or unhappy delivering, um, delivering a product that didn't match client expectations. Um, for, for companies that didn't manage that expectation or set that expectation early enough. So I, I think it's important that people starting out on this journey, you know, set an expectation with their client and manage their client from the start uh, and then deliver on their promises. That's, that's, you know, the key to making sure you have a happy client. Well, thank you for joining us on the podcast, Brian. No worries. Thanks, Ben. And that is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening to the Navali podcast behind the bathrooms. If you have any questions or would like to reach out, feel free to send us a message on the Navali bathrooms Facebook or Instagram. And stay tuned for our next episode. 